don't tell anyone, but uh, I actually escaped a mental asylum. Yeah, I should be about the worst person to talk about mental health to. What was I in there for? <laughs> Maybe uh, just about 300 counts of delinquency and... I swear to God, if you are recording right now... <clears throat> if you're a politics enthusiast or you just want to have a blast, this is the Teen Politics Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 2 of the Teen Politics Podcast, the place where we talk to teenagers about their opinion on what's going on in the world we live in. I'm your host, Arjun. Today, as I hinted to before, we are talking about mental health, and more specifically, isolation. A new survey shows that 4 in 10 teenagers experience loneliness, and 1 in 5 struggle with mental health issues whether that's anxiety or depression or anything else. And it's perhaps been amplified during the COVID-19 pandemic. COVID-19 has hit hard on our physical health, our social skills, and more than both of those, our mental well-being. We've been locked inside so long that our happiness starts to decrease, our patience starts to vary, and we start to feel isolated. Our minds start to think as though it's battling this isolation game alone, even though there are 7 billion others that are battling it too. We start to feel as though no one is there for us, even though there may be help right next door. Mental health is unfortunately nothing to joke about. People you know may be struggling with it under your nose, and if you feel as though you're struggling with mental health, there's plenty of help out there. You aren't alone. In normal, non-COVID circumstances, Social isolation would be caused by, unfortunately, social anxiety, financial situations, and domestic abuse. It can have detrimental effects, including but not limited to increased stress, difficulty sleeping, increased incidences of alcohol and drug abuse, higher levels of depression and anxiety, decline in self-care such as bathing, grooming, and eating, a negative look on life and the sense of hopelessness, and it all ultimately leads to a greater risk of suicide. What I found to be the best way to combat isolation and loneliness are two things. Being around people who can help you and having a structured routine. Being around people who push you to be a better person and who you can rely on is essential. If you feel as though that option isn't open to you, there are plenty of professionals who just want to help. If you're someone who doesn't deal with social anxiety or isolation, Help people who do suffer and be there for them. The importance of routine is also important. I think I'm not best equipped to talk about it, so I talked to trained psychologist Mrs. Kathy Stronach to talk about isolation in teens, as well as the importance of routine. Hi, Miss Kathy. Hello, Arjun. It's lovely to see you again. Um, if you could just give us a little rundown about who you are and your experiences and stuff like that. Yeah, my name's um, Cathy Stronach. I'm the school counsellor, college counsellor at Moorba College, Malaysia. I've been here for four years. Um, previously, I, I trained as a psychotherapist in cognitive behavioural psychotherapy. I did a master's degree about 13 years ago, so I've been doing it since then. But previously to that, I trained as a psychiatric nurse in, I qualified in 1986, so that's a really long time ago. So, yeah, I've generally been in clinical practice for about 35 years now, so. 
thank you so much. I I just had a few questions about loneliness in teens and the its problems. So, what exactly is the problem with loneliness in teens, and what are some of its effects? It's a really tough time. I think it's tough to be a teenager anyway, um, but particularly during COVID, it's just made things that much more difficult for everybody. I think. The issues around loneliness and isolation is typically we're all supposed to be supposed to be social beings, adults as well as teenagers, as well as little tiny kids. We're supposed to be with each other. When we think about our identity, we are who we are as individuals, but part of our identity is who we are as a friend, who we are in a team, who we are if we're fantastic at rugby, or we're an artist, or a drama, somebody really good at drama. That all gives us our identity. The thing with the isolation and the loneliness now is we're not getting those parts of our identity. We're kind of losing those components. And I think when we spend a lot of time on our own, we start to question who we are. All of us do, but particularly obviously for teenagers being so isolated. When we start to question ourselves, and we're not checking that out with other people, we start to believe our own very negative, um, paranoid, you know, insecure thoughts. We start to think, oh, well, nobody phoned me today. They obviously don't like me. There's no truth in that at all. But it's the kind of the dark corners of our brain that we go to when we have too much time on our own and we're very isolated. And the problem is it then becomes very much a downward spiral that... We start to feel insecure about ourselves because maybe somebody didn't turn up to a chat or they didn't email us or they didn't phone us or didn't WhatsApp us, didn't FaceTime us, all of those things. And then we start to feel insecure. So then next time we don't put ourselves out and say, oh, well, actually, let's reschedule. Let's do this. Or how about meeting up? Or, you know, once we can physically meet up. So we then start to avoid things. And that downward spiral just continues. I tell people so often that just because you think something doesn't make it true. If you're having those sort of negative thoughts, it doesn't mean it's true. And obviously we do sometimes go to quite a dark place in our mind when it's not a happy place. And then that, again, it just reinforces that negativity. So it increases our, our low mood and depression. It increases our worry. We start to ruminate, you know, ruminate when you kind of like just go over and over. You're chewing something over that you never get a resolution. You never get an answer. One, because you've already lowered your mood anyway. Two, because you're now becoming quite anxious and you're not checking it out with anybody. You're not saying, hey, you know, I'm thinking about this and I'm not feeling very good. Nobody's saying to you, don't worry, it's a really tough time. You are doing fine. You are awesome. You are great. Don't worry. Come and spend some time with us. We don't check it out. We need to check things out with people. Now, I will always tell people, don't get your validation from other people. Don't expect everybody to tell you you're great. You've got to believe it from within. But the thing with isolation and loneliness is if you're having negative thoughts about yourself and you don't check them out, then you're just going to believe them. And they're not true. They're based on your unhappy, your sad, your lonely, negative, subjective opinion about yourself. And it's not right and it's not correct and it's not based on fact. The other aspect is when you get too much time on your own, a lot of the external influences, when we're not getting them from friends and family, come from TV, come from social media. And I know there's so much out there I don't access it, but I hear about it. Of course I do. Lots of negativity, lots of kind of dark places that people go to and get their influences and their information from. And then they start to believe that that is true. You know, I've heard about websites and lots of different things about, you know, tell, talking about in depression and, you know, being anti-establishment, anti-parents, anti-everything. 
If those are your only influences, that's just going to fuel your anger, fuel your frustration and fuel your depression and anxiety. There's also the bit, obviously, the FOMO, the fear of missing out. I've learned that even though I'm quite old. <laughs> you know, that um, people are, you know, then they might be in their, their home, but they're not in the school where their mates are, but maybe lots of their mates are in school. And, and so there is that issue of fear of missing out, which I think everybody gets. I get it as a grown up, of course we do. But it's really tough when you know that other people are doing things and you're, you are missing out on that kind of, you know, collective kind of like fun that other people are involved in. So, that again will add to somebody's kind of paranoia. The difficult thing with obviously teenagers have to deal with a massive amount of issues around bullying in all of the shapes and forms that that comes in and obviously with cyberbullying even more of an issue when somebody's isolated and on their own. If they kind of like kind of locked themselves down a bit in their room and then maybe don't speak to their parents very much which is quite typical that's normal but if there's cyberbullying going on and you're not telling people, it's just going to add to your paranoia and your insecurity and feelings of kind of low self-worth and not wanting to put yourself out there. Another aspect is that as people get older, they start to kind of deal with uncertainty a little bit better. Um, that's not saying anybody's better than anybody else. It's just kind of a life experience thing. Young people, teenagers, are having to deal with so much uncertainty that they never would have had to prepare for. I never had to prepare for what, you, what young people are going through right now. I just didn't. Yeah, I can deal with it better now because I'm older and I've had a lifetime of having to deal with ups and downs and the journeys of life. But nothing at all prepared me for COVID. But I'm quite old. All my life experiences have helped me cope with this better. Not saying it's perfect. I have my tough days. But unfortunately, young people are having to deal with something so massive that it's outside of their control. And that's really tough when you're on your own and you're isolated. So it's a thing that I call as a therapist, you know, um, skills about managing uncertainty, low frustration tolerance. You know, it is a thing, it's a thing. Low frustration tolerance means that we just don't know how to deal with things. And that takes time to develop that. But if we're not being out there dealing with stuff, if you're not being out there, you know, how do we develop low frustration tolerance? Well, when we stand in a queue, we get frustrated. We have to learn to deal with that. You know, when things don't work out, we're in a car and there's a, an accident, we have to go somewhere else, we're gonna be late. Those things teach us about how to cope with our frustration tolerance. If we're not having those life experiences, we're not developing the skills to deal with it. So back to the social media thing as well. There's a lot of things that we know, everybody knows about fake news. When you're spending a lot of time on your own, no matter who you are, um, but obviously we're talking about teens, that it's really hard to navigate fact and fiction. And there's lots of stuff out there. We spend a lot of time on our own. We sit on the computer and we're looking at stuff and we go, oh, that's interesting, rather than think, hey, is that true? Now, not everybody's gullible, of course we're not. But there's times I've been tricked into thinking something was true when actually it wasn't. So that's an added thing when we're spending so much time on our own we've got access to computers and then we'll end up finding out information that one is just not true or two is just not helpful so it's tough and how do you think routine helps with this problem of isolation in teens? Yeah. i'm a real believer in routine for regular life anyway um for all people and but obviously particularly during covid Sticking to a routine really helps us keep our mind occupied. It makes us feel in control of certain parts because so much of our life is not being in control right now. But having a routine gives us an element of control. It helps reduce stress levels, it gives us purpose, and it gives us a structure to our day. 
So that's kind of my kind of feeling about it. So how do we do that? Well, with the focus, if we've got tasks, if we're going to be doing things because we've got that structure and routine, you know, we can then manage that day a bit better because we are more focused. We say, oh, I'm going to get this done or I'm going to do this every day at 10 o'clock or every day after supper, I'm going to do this. So it gives us a plan because so much of our day, our life really is so vague. It's just kind of nebulous. I love that word, kind of empty. We just don't know what's going on. But to put these points in our day, I'm doing that at six. I'm going to do this. I'm going to have a different meal every day. Those sorts of things give us structure. And that's also about looking after our health, our healthy bodies, to say, do you know what? Every single day, I'm going to have a different piece of fruit. It's about planning those things. Do you know? And it might seem a very simple thing, but it's about saying, actually, I'm going to plan. So when, when the family goes shopping or you get a delivery, make that plan, have that structure to say, well, this, this week, we're going to eat these different things. And then we're looking at our diet to make us healthy. It's also important to stay active. So you might say, yeah, when it gets cooler, obviously we, we live in a hot country here in Malaysia. Um, but, you know, for people around the world, if it's different countries, if there's a time of day that's really good to go and go out, get some exercise, if you are allowed to social distancing, socially distance but walk with somebody, do that. Make that commitment to say, I'm going to do that after supper every day. I'm going to meet that friend and we're going to do a walk or we're going to go to a bike ride or we're going to go down the gym or we're going to, if we're allowed in the gym, or we're going to do something, you know, to give that structure to the day. The other thing is like when time just drifts on and on and on, which often can happen during the school holidays, which all teenagers will know about, long, long school holidays, there are certain tasks that need to get done and we always put them off don't we especially like revision <laughs> we always cram at the end you know it's it's completely normal to do that but actually isn't it much better to say I'm going to do a little bit each day so that's not just about your lessons and your learning that might be about if you're spending lots of time in your room maybe it's getting a bit messy there's a few plates or some packets of food or whatever you know some snacks or you know have that structured get those tasks done to say right I'm going to make my bed you might not have to do it as soon as you get out of bed, but make sure it's done by a certain time. I'm not going to tell you when to do it. You decide when to do it. If you want to get it done by lunchtime, do it by lunchtime. If you want to do it an hour before you get back into bed, great. Get into a really nice, comfortable bed. That's just a joy. So it's about getting tasks done. Maybe you're asked to do chores or something, which I know can be really annoying. But say you can negotiate with parents. You can negotiate wherever you're living, if you're living at school or something. You can say, okay, I'm going to get that task done when I finish school, before supper, whatever. I'm going to do that at 5.30 every day. So these little points of time. So it just gives us a bit of control and gives us a bit of predictability about our day. If we are busy, it stops us again. We've already talked about, you know, our well-being, about loneliness and isolation. If we have structure to our day, it actually will prevent us kind of ruminating and worrying and getting anxious about stuff because we've got too much time on our hands and we don't have structure. You know, we need to keep our mind active as well as our body. So having it, you know, being organized and being productive really gives us that sense of purpose. Not being productive, conversely, will just make stress get worse. And it adds to that uncertainty. We've already talked about low frustration tolerance. If we don't have structure, we don't have a kind of a bit of a plan, it will actually add to our uncertainty. The, the what ifs or what if this, what would happen? You know, we just kind of ruminate and we don't get any solutions. So I'm not asking people to be busy 24 hours a day. For me, it's absolutely about balance. 
you need to do your schoolwork. Of course you do. That's what, you know, that's about going to school and getting your education. That's a given. You have to do your schoolwork. You also have to eat healthy. We've talked about meal planning. You've also got to exercise. We've talked about how to get out. Maybe people are stuck inside. And I know that lots of young people are going to YouTube and watching um, exercise videos and yoga videos. It's fantastic. I've talked to children that have been in, in quarantine and they've had their laptop on and they've been doing like loads of exercises from somebody famous around the world. And that's been really, really brilliant, and really helpful for them. But it really is about balance. Make sure you get some rest. Make sure if you've got a nice bath, go and treat yourself. Maybe it's more of a girly thing, I don't know, but go and have a nice bath. Go and have some time to yourself that you can just enjoy. It is about balance. It's also to say, do you know what? If you have a good cry every day, that's actually quite healthy. Get those emotions out. If you decide it's just life is just really, really stressful, and of course, of course it is. No one's expecting people to deal with everything perfectly because no one is. If you feel that you've, you've got lots of bottled up emotions, go and take yourself into the bath, have a bath or the shower. Go and have a good cry in the shower. Go and have a good cry in the bath. Get those emotions out. Nothing wrong with that. This is a really tough time. You're going to feel emotional. Never suppress an emotion. Talk to somebody, get some structure. Do the things, some of the things I've discussed about physical health, mental health, social health, getting out, connections with people. But also, you're allowed to have a really tough day. And if you're feeling really fed up and depressed and you just want to cry and punch your pillow, go and do it. You will feel so much better afterwards. So do do those things. So essentially, you need structure, you need balance, but also you need to be a little bit flexible. I don't want people to think, oh, if I don't succeed at having a different meal every day, or if I don't succeed at doing physical act activity every day, then obviously I'm a failure. No, 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 that's your depressed mind thinking, remember, we've talked about unhelpful thoughts. So this is not a rod to kind of beat yourself with, to say, oh, I didn't do this, so now I've not achieved it. It's about saying, let's make an attempt to try, try and get some structure to my day. So anybody that's out there that has no structure at all, completely lost and kind of no idea what, you've got a 24-hour clock there, they've become nocturnal, you know, they're not sleeping properly. Just make an attempt to put a little pin in your life or in the day and say, okay, this week I'm going to try and achieve making sure I get up by seven o'clock and have my breakfast. That's enough of a goal to start with for somebody who has no structure at all. Then just build it up slowly. Once you've achieved that, say, okay, I've done that. I'm going to make sure I get dressed properly and not just kind of sit around in my pyjamas. That's enough of a structure for another goal. Do you see what I mean? So it's breaking it down. Easy, simple, achievable goals to kind of get some structure, some balance into your life, to look after yourself, look after your own well-being, and this will help you during this time of isolation and loneliness. If you're struggling with mental health or are even feeling down, there are plenty of people like Miss Kathy around you, so please don't be afraid to ask for help. I've said it before and I'll say it again. You aren't alone. So chin up, because life is full of things for you to look forward to. Anyways, that's all for this episode. Make sure you tune in for next week's episode, and until then, thanks and see ya.